today we wrap up the sacrifice code. And uh, I'm a little excited because it means we're moving on to something new. But I think as a preacher, Pastor Sam, you're always wondering, did I make my point? Did somebody hear the word of God and were they transformed to live a little bit different because of the word that was preached to them? So I hope that whatever you have heard has transformed you and that your life looks a little different. When you sacrifice, it's a little different. When you're motivated to put in all the energy you're putting in at work or in the family life or in your career, you're doing it because there is something different about you. Today we're going to look at a story that's going to make you mad. It's a story of a man who rapes a woman and then he says, marry me. I find that to be a little bit disheartening, a little bit maddening. I don't know about you. But I don't want to read the story just yet. I want us to read a passage that comes right after the story in Genesis chapter 35 and verse number 1. Kindly join me in standing for the reading of the word of God. Genesis 35, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. When you, when you get it, when you got it, say, Pastor, I got it. Honoriva is ready, so... I'm waiting on you, Pastor Sam, you know, you know, Sister Lydia, I'm waiting on you, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you got it, you got it, I, I see you, I see. Genesis 35, and I want to read from verse number 1 until verse number 7. Can I, can I read? Yes, no, yes, no, no, yes, yes, okay, all right, all right. This is what it says, God said to Jacob, arise. Go up to Bethel and dwell there. Make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. Some of us are fleeing today. We are fleeing something, someone. But sometimes God says, go back where you ran away from. Mm. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, put away the foreign gods that are among you and purify yourselves and change your garments. Then let us arise and go up to Bethel so that I may make there an altar to God who answers me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. That's good news. Amen, somebody. That God is with you wherever you go. Look at verse number four, the family of Jacob responding to his request. So they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods. Mm. I'm going to hit on that one a little later. So they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods that they had and the earrings that were in their ears. Jacob hid them under the terebinth tree that was near Shechem. Verse 5, and as they journeyed, a terror from God fell upon the cities that were around them so that they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. And Jacob came to lose, not he didn't lose, but he came to lose. That is, which is in the land of Canaan, he and all the people who were with him. And there he built an altar and called the place El Bethel. That is God, the house of God, El Bethel. Because there God had revealed himself to him when he fled. Again, fleeing. When he fled from his brother. And Deborah, 
This is very strange right here. I don't know why she appears, but she's here. And Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, died. And she was buried under an oak below Bethel. So he called its name Alon Bacoth. Alon Bacoth. Today I want to talk about the best place. The best place. Let us pray. Father God, speak to us now. Because we need it. Help us and help me to learn something today from you and to live a little bit differently. Send your spirit, oh God, in just my pray. Amen. You may be seated. Many of us hunt for peace. Often peace means settling down, finding a meet, being in a job we like, having resources to travel, savings in the bank. Perhaps the hunt for some of you is over. You have found peace. You have settled. You're sitting next to the person of your dreams. You have resources to travel anywhere you want. The career is where it is supposed to be. You got the certification. You got the qualification. You have graduated. And man, oh man, life is sweet, just like Esboa. But for some of you, you are still hunting for peace. You have not yet settled down. You haven't found the person you like, the person who can laugh at your jokes, the person who will be there to encourage you when life hits hard. For some of you, you're still wondering whether you're going to get into the manager's position. Some of you are wondering whether the disease is going to go away. Some of you are wondering whether if the investment you put down on the apartment is going to bear fruit. So you're hunting for peace. And every night you dream about the peace you can have if you can have only the thing that you're dreaming about. Jacob thought the hunt for peace was over. He came to the city of Shechem. Watch this, Brother Clint. He came there safely. In other words, he came there peacefully. If you know anything about Jacob, is that his life wasn't always peaceful. The man knew what it meant to be the most wanted man in a country. He had robbed his brother of a birthright. And then he ran to his brother Laban to find peace. But his, his uncle cheated him of his wages. And also on the night of his wedding, instead of him getting Leah, he, instead of getting Rachel, he got Leah. But now... He can be in a place that he is safe. And the Bible says that he camped right there. He, in other words, he said, I'm here to stay. This is a place of peace. The hunt is over. Suda Selassie. Let me give you a little bit of a tour of Shechem. 
So stand with me and, and, and let us look at Shechem a little bit. Uh, we have two mountains that hug the city of Shechem. We have uh, to the north in the background Mount Gerizim. And we have on, uh, in the foreground uh, on the south Mount Ebor. And Shechem is situated in the valley. Please, please look at Shechem down in the valley. Can, can you see it? So it is protected and surrounded by, by two mountains. Now, please walk with me. I want to show you something else about Shechem. Because in, in Shechem, uh, we have three roads intersecting together. We have the R1. This road is running from the south, from the great kingdom, Sister Geska, of Egypt. On here are camels and spices from Egypt and oils. We got the R2. This one is from the north. And on it are traders from Greece and Turkey. They're bringing us Turkish cheese and they're bringing us Greek dresses and and uh, those kind of things. We cannot find those kind of dresses in Shechem. Then we have the R3. This is uh, the road running east to west. Uh, the, the people from Babylon and Persia uh, use this road. And all these roads <laughs> are converging in Shechem. Let's look at Jacob for a moment. Because as Jacob is seeing Shechem, and he's seeing all of these roads, he cracks a smile. <clears throat> he bobs his head. Watch Jacob now. He calls his whole family. He says, family, as the head of the home, I think we should settle here. And Reuben, as the eldest one, says, Daddy, I agree that Shechem is where we should settle. So, so Jacob now doesn't waste time. He buys a piece of land from Hamor, the father of Shechem. And as soon as he buys a piece of land, watch this, the Bible says that he erected an altar and he called the altar El Elohi, Israel. The God, his God, Israel. The reason why Jacob erects an altar is because he believes that God has given him a thumbs up to settle in Shechem. He believes that God has said, okay. And like Jacob, many of us, we will attach something to God because we believe that God has given an okay. So we will set up an altar to God because we believe that God has said it's okay. So, so, Pastor Sam, this is what we say. I prayed about it. We will say, the more they get to know me, 
I'm going to be able to witness about Jesus. And then I'm going to turn them to God. Mm-mm. We will say, the fact that I live in this location allows me to move a little bit faster to church. We will say, this promotion allows me not to give a 10% tithe. It allows me to give a 20% tithe. So a lot of times you and I, whether you like it or not, we will put God to something when God has said none about it. We will have all night prayer and God will not answer the prayer, but we'll say, I prayed about this. And notice, Pastor Sam, the altar does not come. The altar comes after the decision. Mm. The altar did not come before the decision to settle. The altar came after the decision to settle. So now Jacob is saying, God, you just got to accept this. And that's what some of us do. We make decisions. We make moves. And then we tell God, God, bless this. God, I'm your daughter. God, I've been serving you. At least this one thing that I want, this one thing that I need, please bless it. So we put up altars for God when God may not have said to you and I, build the altar. So Jacob thinks he has found peace. But Moses helps us to see that the decision, Elder Ray, for Jacob to settle in Shechem does not bring peace. It, he, it leaves him in pieces because his beloved daughter was raped by Shechem. And then Shechem asked to marry her. Watch this. When Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Havite, the ruler of that area, saw her, he took her and raped her. Watch this now. His heart was drawn to dinner, daughter of Jacob. He loved the young woman and spoke tenderly to her. And Shechem said to his father, get me this girl as my wife. I, I found this to be strange. How does a man rape a woman and then says, marry me? Don't you find it strange as well? How can a man do something like that? But, but allow me to help you to understand this situation, Dr. Mike. Because in the time of Jacob, they did arranged marriages. And there were times when parents would not arrange a marriage because they thought, this is not a good match. Are you with me? I don't hear you. Are you with me? One of the reasons that parents may, may, may choose not to arrange a marriage is because they see that if I arrange this marriage, it is going to destroy my child. Therefore, I'm not going to do it. And Jacob had good reason not to arrange this marriage because he was an Israelite. Shechem was a Canaanite. He understood something. The Israelite God and the Canaanite God is not the same. 
If I put my daughter in this situation, I'm going to destroy her faith. And she's going to lose her way, so I'm not going to do it. Well, watch this now. People found a way to go around that system. If they saw that parents are not willing to arrange a marriage, what they did is they took they would take matters into their own hands. And once they took matters into their own hands, they would break the system. And by breaking the system, they'll finally get what they want. So one of the things that men did is that if parents did not want to arrange a wedding, they would rape the girl, sometimes with the girl's consent. And now when the girl has been raped, parents have no choice but to give her to marriage. And here it is, brother and sister, that some of us are right there today. That sometimes when God doesn't say yes, we find a way to make God say yes. Sometimes we will say the system is against me. I'm going to find a way to break the system so that I can still get the thing that I desire and that I want. The question I have for you is, the person you are sitting next to, is that somebody God gave you or you broke the system? The promotion that you have, is that because God gave you or you found a way to crack and break the system? Come on now. Some of us do not know. No. In fact, some of us believe no is just a starting point of the negotiation. There's a school of thought out there that when you hear no, no is not really no. You just got to find a way to climb over. And some of us climb over. So Shechem said, I will not be denied. I will get what I want. However, whenever, whatever, it doesn't matter. And could it be that some of us like Shechem, we are right there, breaking the system, simply because it's what we desire and what we want. And in fact, in this particular passage, the issue, Adriel, is not that a girl got raped. That's not the issue. The issue is, is that Jacob's faith is on the line because he must now give his daughter to marriage knowing that that's not God's will. Now, now watch what the text says. Intermarry with us, give us your daughters, and take our daughters for yourselves. You can settle among us. The land is open to you. Live in it. Trade in it, acquire property in it. Now you might say, Pastor, come on now. It was a good deal. I know Shechem kind of broke the system and everything. But notice what he's offering Jacob. He's offering him success, business permits. He's asking him to say you can live in the best place in the land. So, Pastor, this was actually advantageous for Jacob. Watch this. Let me hit you. Sometimes we decide based on advantage overlooking the spiritual damage you might face. Okay. I think today I'm not working because your amens are, are dead today. So I'm going to try one more time. <laughs> Sometimes we decide based on advantage overlooking the spiritual dangers we might face. 
So we will not think about the cost the job will give to our faith. We will not think about the damage the relationship might bring. We will not think about the damage the habits might bring to us. We will not think about the damage that overspending the money might do. We will not think about the damage of going into debt and into credit. We will think about the advantage. It's a promotion right now. Singapore Airlines is offering buy one, get one free. <laughs> you know, so, so I know I'm a little bit over debt, but that's cool. I'm, I'm going to spend anyway. I know they don't believe like I do, but they make me happy. They make me smile. They really talk to me well. All the church boys and the girls are boring. You can't find good men in the church, good women in the church. But this one, woo, they may not know God, but hey, <laughs> We happy. I know I might have to skip a few Sabbaths. But hey, just a few Sabbaths and I'm going to be elevated. So it looked advantageous. It looked good. <laughs> Jacob could make a bad situation better. Because he would have all these advantages. But... But Jacob understood that convenience was not as important as consecration. Or even got it. Convenience was not as important as consecration. In fact, right here, the issue of consecration comes up because for the Israelites, consecration was you need to be circumcised. And so Jacob says, watch this, Jacob says, I will give you my daughter. You can marry her as long as you are circumcised, as long as you're consecrated as we are, as long as you pray to the same God as I pray, as long as you read the same Bible that I read, as long as you do that, we are cool. And that's somebody today. All you are telling somebody is, just become a believer. You're telling somebody is, come to church. And if you can do that, we can get into an, into an agreement. We can start living. Together, we can, we can build something. Because this one is, 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 is having a hard time to come out of my lips. But let me let it come out. Because we think just because a person reads a Bible and prays, they've been transformed. We think just because they come to church, they love Jesus. You know that that's not true. Because in church, you find people that are, you find people that sometimes make you shake your head like, are you a Christian or what? So I'm very surprised is that Jacob can simply agree by Having a little surgery. Just. Uh, then you're one of us. And, 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 and so. Uh, Jacob is trying to make up of a bad situation. By creating a worse situation. When I was doing a class. About people. And when it comes to people changing their belief system. I discovered that people are like an iceberg. Pastor, I don't know if you remember this. We were in that class together. <laughs> he, he's forgotten, but we were in that class together. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but the, the teacher showed us 
a, a chart and a picture of an iceberg. An iceberg, you only see a little bit at the top. But the major part of the iceberg is underneath. When a person decides to be a Christian, when they decide to give their life over to Jesus, you have to deal with the iceberg. Baptism is just the top. The fact that they come to church is just the top. The fact that they pray is just the top. You got to deal with the, with, the, with, the, with the iceberg. What do they do when they're facing death? Are they still faithful to God in those moments? What do they do when it's a choice to be corrupt or not corrupt? What do they do when it's a choice to be faithful or unfaithful? What do they do when they're angry? That is when you know. That is when you know, that is when you know the iceberg has been dealt with. And so here, I can't believe it, but it's the truth because that's how we are. We only focus on the top, but we don't look at the iceberg. This is the end of the sacrifice code, so I'm going to go a little hard on you today. I'm not going to be merciful today. Only God is merciful. Amen, somebody. No, I'm going to be merciful. Don't worry. I'm just joking. Here's what I want you to see that happens next because the, the, the men agree to be circumcised. But Simeon and Levi, the sons of Jacob, decided to kill all of the men of Shechem. Because they could not stomach the idea that you are going to rape our sister and then marry her. No way, Jose. It ain't going to happen here today. And I want you to notice uh, what happens uh, to, to, to Jacob because he took this a little bit hard. Notice what Jacob responds to his sons. He says, you have brought trouble on me by making me stink to the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites and the Perizzites. My numbers are few. And if they gather themselves against me and attack me, I shall be destroyed, both I and my household. Notice how Jacob is speaking. Jacob is saying, I only wanted peace, but my sons, you have brought trouble on me. Now, notice in the text, Jacob never says, wow, my daughter got raped. That is so terrible. He's not even thinking about that. Jacob is thinking about his peace and how much trouble he's in. So first... His faith is on the line. Now his very life is on the line. Because he chose to settle in Shechem. And what I really see is that Jacob chose, watch this, to sacrifice principle for peace. Listen to this statement. We will often sacrifice principle for peace. Whenever we sacrifice principle for peace, our sacrifice leaves us in pieces. Ah, I don't know if I'm preaching today or not, but that, that's fine. <laughs> Sometimes we want peace so bad that it doesn't matter what we give up to get the peace. Some of us want peace so bad 
So we don't want to argue about anything, even if we don't like it. I just want peace. I'm not, no, we're not getting into it today. It's been too hard, so just be quiet. And that's how some of us are managing our home life, our work life, our friendships. We, we just want peace. One piece with the boss, one piece with the mom, one piece with the dad. So, mm -mm, I'm not talking today. And whenever we do that, we always leave ourselves in pieces. You see, one of the things that I like to do, uh, Elder Ray, is that uh, when I use a dish, I try to wash it right away. Because I don't know about you, but somehow dishes tend to pile up in the sink. <laughs> Come again? When I'm single, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, Pastor. Come on now. Yeah, that, 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 that was hard. That was hard. But <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> but here's the thing. Anytime I wash my dishes, I come home, it's clean. It's empty. It's nice. And I can take a dish, I can eat, and I go my way. But every time I don't wash my dishes... The dishes pile up, and sometimes, God forgive, God forgive me, I can be so lazy. And dishes can sit a day without being washed. Listen to me. Whenever you sacrifice peace for principle, and a lot of times when I do not wash my dishes, you know why? It's because I want to watch Netflix first. I want to text first. Dishes are not as important at that particular moment. I got more important things to do. So whenever I do that, I find myself in more difficulty because it's hard to wash a lot of dishes, Brother Clint. It's hard to get up in there when they're all smelly and they're all stinky. And so a lot of times I'm there in my apartment struggling with messy and dirty dishes. And brother and sister, the point is, whenever you sacrifice principle of peace, <laughs> you're in trouble. You're going to deal with the mess that you may not be able to handle. You're going to deal with a situation that might be above you and over you. But whenever you tell yourself the principle is more important than my peace, I may struggle, I may lose it, I may be in difficulty, but I will live by the principle. I will live by the point. I will live by the truth. You're safe. And too many of us are at that place. You know you're supposed to report it, but not this time. It's okay, I'm lazy. When you're audited, then the problems come. And some of us have lost relationships, lost business partnerships. We have, we have lost opportunities simply because we thought the shortcut was better than going the long way. Jacob chose to sacrifice pre peace, principle for peace. And here's what I learned. Whenever you sacrifice principle for peace, it is because you're infected by this is good enough. Okay, let me hit you. You see, good enough sucks. Good enough sucks. Notice how one, one writer puts it. Why settle for a slice when you originally set out to get the whole pie? 
When you say this is good enough, you're only selling for a piece of the pie. When you're supposed to get the whole pie. And it could it be that some of us today are content with a slice. When God says, I want you to get the whole pie. God says, I want you to be happy when you get married. Some of us are content with just being married. God wants us to do jobs that bring us to the next level. When we wake up in the morning, we, we're happy to go to work. We, we're excited to go to work. But some of us, we start to think about the traffic. We, we start to think about our boss. We start to think about our difficult co-workers. When God says, I don't want you to live like that. I want you to have the whole pie. I don't want you to live hand to mouth. I want you to be able to have savings in the bank and to be able to travel. <laughs> but some of us, we are content with hand to mouth. Because whenever you settle for peace, Instead of principle, that is what you're doing for yourself. Only a slice of the pie. I don't know about you, brother and sister. God didn't create me for a slice. God wants me to eat the whole pie. God wants me to ride on the high hills of the earth. God wants me to enjoy everything that he has. God wants me to enjoy the windows of heaven. God wants me to be able, like Peter, to walk on water. God wants me to be able not to be defeated by temptation. God wants me to be victorious. Amen, somebody. Don't settle for the pie, for the piece of the pie. Go for the whole thing. You see... Shechem, my sister, was within Canaan. It was within Canaan. In other words, Erorivo, it was okay for Jacob to settle in Canaan, in Shechem, because it was in Canaan. God said, I've given you the promised land. It was within. So we cannot really blame Jacob for settling in Shechem. He was within the territory. And that's where some of us are. We are within the church. We are within the relationship. We are within faith. We are within the word of God. <laughs> but watch this. God did not want Jacob to be within Canaan. He had a specific location. For Jacob, notice when Jacob vows to God before he goes to Padan Aram to his uncle Laban. Notice what he says to God. He says to him, then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Notice what he was looking for, for peace. Then the Lord shall be my God, and this stone that I have set up for a pillar shall be in God's house. Shall be God's house. So, so, so watch this, my sister. Shechem was 67 kilometers away from the place that Jacob had vowed to go to. 
67 kilometers. Nam Tuju. Kilometer. He only needed to go a day's journey to get back to the place that he had vowed to God, God, I'm going to be. I'm going to return. So though he was within Canaan, he did not come to the exact location that he was supposed to be at. Listen to me right here. Do not settle for within. Seek to be in the precise location God wants you in. Within and in may sound similar, but they're different. Within puts you in the vicinity. In puts you inside. God wants you inside the place, not in the vicinity. Amen, somebody? So the other day, I decided, I decided to go to Anyar Beach. And uh, as I was looking on the internet, this is what I was supposed to go and see at Anyar Beach. Wow. I was excited. But uh, in Indonesia, we got this problem called machet, especially on Sundays, because it seems like every Sunday, everybody wants to go everywhere. So sometimes a trip that is supposed to take you one hour can turn into three hours because everybody's on the road. So I'm on the road with friends, and I said to my friends, you know what? I know I want to go see this nice place in Anyar and everything, but man, can we just find a beach somewhere? I mean, there are many beaches around here. So watch this. We turn somewhere, and this is what I saw. That is what happens when you are confident or content with within. You get a place. You get almost there. It's not what you intended. It's not what you envisioned for yourself, but hey. I'm getting old. Hey. Look at my head. It's a job. It's not the job that I want, but it's a job. I don't really fit in with these people. But they are people. At least they travel places. He's not the nicest guy in the world, but he wants to be with me. She doesn't really help me to become all that I can be, but she wants to be with me. I'm within. Within a job, within a marriage, within a relationship. I'm not there, but I'm within. And some of us have settled for within. Not the precise location God wants us to be in. And here it is. If it's not where God intended, you will be stranded. If it's not where God intended, you will be stranded. You will not be satisfied. You always be complaining. You will not be happy. You always be looking at the grass that is greener on the other side. If I can just get on, on the other side. 
God intended for you to get the whole pie. He didn't intend for you to just be somewhere. So Jacob truly did not settle in the best place. Shechem wasn't it. So God, I'm wrapping this up. So God, you see, God is so good. Amen, somebody? Because Jacob is facing two problems. His faith is on the line. His life is on the line. He doesn't know what to do. He is stranded. He doesn't know where to go. The Bible says, the Bible says, God came. He says to, 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 to Jacob, arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there. And dwell there. Make an altar there. Not, not here in Shechem, no. Make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from Esau. Because the journey for Jacob wasn't complete. He was not willing to go to Bethel because he thought Esau would still kill him. He thought he would not be safe. So he says, no, no, Bethel, no, I can't go there. I will just look at Bethel over there. I'll be cool here in Shechem. I can just look. I'll just be within. I don't want to go over there. It's dangerous over there. I'm cool and content here. God says, no, that's not where I want you. I want you in Bethel, the house of God. Because when you're in the house of God, you're safe. When you're in the house of God, I can protect you. I can't do anything for you in second. They can kill you and take you out. Jacob, you're not safe here. So let's go to the best place. And the best place is wherever you can find God. Notice that he fled from Bethel. But God says, I want you to go exactly where you fled. And some of us have fled places. We have fled people. We have fled churches. We have fled family gatherings. God is saying, stop. Stop being within. I want you to go back. What is Bethel for you today? What is Bethel for you today? Where is the place that you can find God at? There are some groups you got to get out of because there ain't God there. There are people in your life that you got to get out, get away from because God ain't there. Sometimes there are Bible study groups that you got to get out of because God is not there. Some family situations you got to get out of because God is not there because his presence is not there. Let me wrap it up on this. Notice what the text says. <clears throat> Notice what the text says. <clears throat> Notice what the text says. <clears throat> and Jacob. Nah, that's not the one. That's not the one. Forgive me. 
I have I, a little bit more than, than what I wanted to say. Notice what the text says here. I'm wrapping it up on this. And as they journeyed, a terror from God fell upon the cities that were around them, so that they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. It's scary to go back. You're worried about what people are going to say. You've invested too much. But brother and sister, when you go, God goes with you. When you go, God takes care of you. You don't have to go in your own strength, in your own power. Trust God's power, trust God's word, and go. And what I love about this, brother and sister, is that when you and I go to the best place, we'll truly be happy and take care of. Today, somebody needs to go back. You might need to sacrifice something, someone, money, a position, influence. I, I don't know what it is. You know your heart. God is talking to you. But you will not be happy until you go to the best place. We're ending the sacrifice code today. And that's what sacrifice is all about. Living your best life for God. And is there somebody here who is saying, Pastor, I want to be in the best place. Doesn't mean there are no problems, <laughs> but it simply means you have God's presence and God's protection. Anybody like that? I want to be in the best place. And for somebody, the best place is Jesus Christ. You have never given your life over to Jesus. You're just within the church, within prayer, within the sermon. But God is saying, be in with Jesus. Get in with your Lord. Love him faithfully. Be committed. Get baptized. Anybody like that? You're not being baptized before. You're never giving your life over to Jesus. Today you can do that. We're not going to rush you. We will study with you. But today you say, I want to give my life over to Jesus. Perhaps you're shy. See me after the service and we'll talk about this. Every head is bowed. Let's survive this close as we pray. Father God, thank you that the best place is where you are. And that's where we want to go. We are tired of being within. We want to get inside. Lord, help us and guide us today because we need it and we hope and pray that Lord, you can help us. Walk with us, guide us, and lead us. This order humbly pray in the awesome and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Yeah, yeah, I know that that word did something to you, and you want to respond. And I want to give you the opportunity to respond. The number is on the screen. Reach out to us. To us. We want to pray with you. We want to counsel you. We want to study with you. And perhaps today you're saying you want to give your life over to Jesus. That is the best decision you can ever make, and you can make that too. 
We are here to serve your needs. We're here to take care of you. And we'd be more than glad to help you transition to the level of faith you need to live. If the Lord has inspired you to partner with, with us in ministry, please do the same as well. The account number is on the screen. And please give us uh, any love gift in any amount that God has inspired you to give. And I, I bet and I believe that it is going to take us to the next level of proclaiming the love of Jesus. May God bless you. And I'm going to see you very soon. Take care.